hello. <laughs> um, the kids are yeah, already kids gone, are, I think. Oh, they're already gone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is, Good. we're in our family today. This is a special day because it's Mackenzie's birthday. This is our, we have one teenager left, y'all. One. That's it. <laughs> That's it. My introvert. She loves this. So we're going to talk about getting hitched. Well, not getting, well, yeah, maybe. Sort of. Yeah, we we're, today, we're going to talk today about dating your spouse. And right. uh, sometimes these, these kind of things, you know, when we talk about marriage, the single people have a tendency to kind of like, well, like, why do I have to be there? But I'm going to tell you right now that if you cannot learn to date Jesus well in your single years, you will struggle to date your husband or your wife in your married years. That's right. It is, it is imperative that even the single people listen because when, when Jim and I first met, I was just telling this, I think, to Hannah. Hannah and I were sitting there talking in the kitchen one morning. And so I, for those of you who don't know, I was single for 10 years, right? So uh, met Jim. We got married pretty quick, quickly. It was like we met, dated, and got married within like nine months. So... For the first five years of my single life, I didn't date at all. Not at all. I was totally, first two years I was hopeful for maybe getting back together with my ex-husband, you know, that kind of thing. And then, and then it was the realization that that wasn't going to happen and there was a little more grief involved. And then the fifth year, I was like, well, I'll be okay. And I dated like a lot of one-time dates, which my kids have nicknames for a lot of those guys. <laughs> One of them was called the hairy arm guy, so if that tells you anything. So, uh, you know, that whole thing. And then when we, and, but in that season, I remember going to a women's conference and, pr and praying and praying and praying for a husband, but then Jesus just telling me, it, I have to be enough for you. Like, I have to be enough. And it really hit me at that moment, like, if I don't make Jesus enough for me, I'll be continually disappointed in whoever I marry. And then when, when Jim and I got married, it was a hard balance. I had to figure out how to fit him in with Jesus in my life. It was almost, even though I was ecstatic to be married, I was happily married, so don't get me wrong, but even I used to share with him, like, this it feels out of balance again. Like I had to figure out how to balance it all again for that Jim didn't feel like an interruption. So those of you who are single, just hold on to that as we're going through the rest. That's right. So we're going to talk about dating today, and uh, we've got a few examples we're going to share with you. Um, Catherine, we got some of these off online. Some of them we couldn't share. Um, so, uh, so Catherine says that uh, uh, we went to Taco Bell. I didn't even know it was a date. We were friends and unaware we both had crushes on each other. He ordered 20 tacos for us to share, and I knew I wanted to be together forever. It can really be that simple, apparently, for some people. It's not for me, but 
If somebody orders 20 tacos, apparently you're in. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. All right. We so were laughing. Some of these were just like downright like, okay, we cannot read that one at church, but they were hilarious. So if you want to like Google like bad first dates or good first dates, they're oh, on and on. I met a guy on eHarmony. After talking for a few days, he suggested we meet at an arcade. We played air hockey, shooter games, and basketball. It was great. Uh, it was a great way to laugh and tease and flirt while actually getting to know someone. We then went to Joe's Crab Shack by the beach. The timing was perfect, and we got to see the sunset over the ocean. Needless to say, the date was fantastic, and we've now been married for four years. I can, I'm going to tell you right now, that would be my perfect date. Like, air hockey? All, I'm all about air hockey, and I'm good at air hockey. So <laughs> I would have really enjoyed that. Not that good. <laughs> um, this one's kind of cute. This actually makes me think of our old church building a little bit, because this lady says, I have a thing where I ask people to take me somewhere that's special to them. A guy from college took me to this field full of wildflowers that he had seen after taking a wrong turn somewhere. It was so nice just to talk to someone and see a beautiful place I otherwise wouldn't have found out about. I al it's also where he proposed. I'm like, oh, do you remember the big field when we would go down that exit? Like, there was this big field, and it was all filled with wildflowers by that exit. I used to think, I just want to go in there and take pictures. But then I'd, I'd be afraid of everybody looking at me take pictures because it was a busy area. But it was just... So she would do it. She'd come all the way over here and do it at night. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Well, one year they had sunflowers there. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was the sunflowers stunning. were really cool. Yeah. Okay, here's another one. It was an anniversary. It was our anniversary, and instead of the usual chocolates and flowers, he painted a photo of us from when we were first dating. Oh, this guy's an artist. We hope. Yeah. It was framed and everything, and it was beautiful. It's so much more meaningful than a stupid piece of jewelry. I love him for that. Amen. Yep. My, my favorite date that we've ever had, we've had really good dates. <coughs> Jim's always really like, he has like this bar he sets for himself. Like he's going to like really outdo himself usually. He's getting the giggles just thinking about it because that's exactly how he is. Well, one day, you know, we don't always have a lot of money, you know what I mean, to do stuff. And it's okay. You don't, you know, we're going to give you some suggestions later. But this particular day, he kept saying, well, we have a date night. And this is when the season when my dad was really sick and I really couldn't leave the house. And it was just, like, really stressful. And he's like, just, I'm telling you right now, we're going to have date night in our room. We're going to have date night in our room. And I was like, okay. So I... I was thinking he was going to, usually sometimes that means like we set up a table and we have like a dinner for two or something upstairs, but no. So I go upstairs, I show this to Todd. He was like, man, why, why do you got to do stuff like that, Jim? <coughs> I go up there, he, literally he's got candles all over the room. And he's got two easels set up with a table in between, candles, and he's got music on, and we we're going to both paint together. Let's just tell you right now. <laughs> is, he is bringing the heat. That was good. That was good. And our, it was so fun. And he looked so little. Because, I don't know, sometimes when he uses things, it almost looks like 
Gulliver's Travels. Like he's using these tiny little things like a lawnmower. And he, he's, the lawnmower looks so tiny in his hands. And he's sitting in this little chair and he's painting. It was just so cute. I love that Jim is cute. That's, oh, so cute. That's right. I'm very cute. <laughs> Strategic, but cute. All right, so, let's get going. All right. So marriage is obviously a direct correlation to the relationship that we should have with Jesus, okay? There's really no point in discussing marriage or talking about dating if we're not going to bring it back to how we develop a really good relationship and, and, you know, with Jesus in it and how that's supposed to correlate with our marriage skills and that there's a covenant that Jesus has established and that's what we're we're constantly looking to align our marriage with that covenant that we see in him, okay? And this is why sometimes I think people get very frustrated because you, you hit a dead spot. But Jesus isn't. He's alive and well, and he's moving, okay? And so we have to learn to be flexible in our marriages because of it. It says here, <clears throat> his relationship and grace-filled commitment to the church is what we'll be using for the next several weeks, and that's how we're going to do all the conversation. We're not going to talk not even for a second outside of Jesus, okay? So if what we're talking about right now, we're talking about dating, yes, that's, we're going to align it with Jesus, okay? So let's get started. Uh, we're going to Revelations 2, 2 and 3. Most people have smartphones and all, but if you still have a book, you can open up the good book. Revelations 2, 2 through 3. On all I know all that you have done for me, you have worked hard and persevered. I know that you don't tolerate evil. You have tested those who, have, who claim to be apostles and proven that they are not, for they are imposters. I also know you have bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name, yet you have not become discouraged. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works of love you did at first. I will come to you and remove your lamp, or I will come to you and remove your lampstand from this place of influence if you do not repent. I guess he's pretty serious about relationship. Jesus is, he's the kind of God that loves to take anything that's failing or dying and breathe life back into it, okay? No one wants a fire extinguished. It's much more difficult to reignite a flame after it's been extinguished, saturated, wet, done, out, than it is to just keep fanning it and keep it going. But the truth is, you really have to recognize when it starts to go dim. That's right. Okay? <clears throat> so, we're going to go over a couple different stages in life because it's very easy, and it's funny that, uh, not funny, it's funny that Jesus, through Katie, would mention, you know, 
that we kind of go through the works of worship and we don't, or we don't talk about, like, we, hear, we sing the song, we don't listen to the words, those kind of things, okay? But we could do that in marriage, too. You can go through the motions. It's, you know, let's not confuse doing life well with having a thriving uh, marriage that you're staying intentionally, intimately connected, okay? You know, that, even in, in, if you go back into those verses, Jesus is telling the church, Oh, you're doing these things great. You hate evil. You know, you're, you've withstood some serious trials in my, for my namesake, and you haven't, you haven't gotten tired. You haven't been discouraged. And he's telling them, man, I love these things, but... And so they were doing life well, but... But there's no passion. You have to have passion. There should be passion. I'm going to give you a couple scenarios, okay? So <clears throat> here's an example. And believe me, we don't, I don't have somebody in mind when I talk about this stuff, so I don't want you guys to get, like, weird out, like, well, we just had coffee with them last week, and now they're saying that. I wonder if they're talking about us. We're not. <clears throat> okay, we're just trying to pick a different age group for each people, each type of people, and that's what we're talking about, okay? But you got the empty nesters who they've lived their whole life together, they've done a done life, they've, you know, they have a house, they have kids, you know, and now uh, 50 years later or 40 years later or 60 years later, kids are gone and they don't really know each other. So we do have a good example of that, okay? Yeah. There's a couple here at church that are, they really operate in the, in the ministry of helps. You don't see them up front, but that's Bob and Leanne Harmon. And I had, I called Bobby yesterday. He's not here, or this morning. And uh, he's out umping a um, softball, softball tournament. tournament. Yeah, like but uh, these guys, uh, we've gotten to know them a little bit, and they do dating well. They, um, they, and if you don't know them, like I said, they, they do, and they really are supportive of events and things that go barbecue. on around here. And if you don't know them, you've also missed out the on king, some serious barbecue. barbecue. So, but these guys, uh, they, they have become uh, judges together. Yeah, barbecue uh, and, judges. Uh, they travel around uh, to events where they uh, judge barbecues. Uh, and together they go bike riding and uh, touring on their motorcycle, motorcycle. together. And, uh, and they have looked for ways to just be in each other's life so that when things are crazy, they still have an out where the two of them can just get out. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you don't miss your kids or that <clears throat> usually it's moms, sometimes it's dads, but usually it's moms who kind of go through that, oh, because our, our job is over, so, so to speak, you know. Our kids are moving out and you're like, feel like you're out of a job, kind of. And our identity as a mom is connected with our children. So as it leaves, you kind of think, you reel back and you go, oh, wait a minute, I can't pour my identity into my children. Jesus, I'm sorry. Here, I'm sorry. Let me, and you have to get back in line again. But they've done a really good job of saying, look, let's do some things that we would like to do together. And they just keep finding different things and enjoy spending time together. Go figure. They're friends. You can talk to Bobby about it. Now, Bobby's into sports. Not everything about each of them is the, it, it, they, you know, digs into the other one. Okay, I don't think that Leanne's into sports as much as Bobby is. God help her now. <laughs> She's a good but woman. <laughs> when you start talking to Bobby about them going on, on motorcycle rides together or going uh, to some state fair for a barbecue contest, 
he, it's like talking to a 12-year-old kid again. He and his best friend are hanging out and doing these things together. He gets all, get, he almost gets giddy. I'm going to use the word giddy, and he's going to just, it's going to crawl his skin because he's taping this. <laughs> but he, he, gets ex- he, he gets excited about talking about when the two of them can go do these things together. Yeah. So here, here, here's people that are semi-empty nesters. Their kids are in college, and they're still looking for ways to connect. Yep. And then you have a young couple, and they're, they're great parents. They're paying their bills. They're doing life. They're showing up at baseball. They're showing up at soccer. Mom's got, like, all the stickers of every child she's ever birthed on the back of her car. And, everybody, every, and they're coming to church, and they're volunteering, and they're working nursery, and they're on the worship teams, and they're doing all of these things, but they're getting disconnected at home intimately as a couple, okay, which is easy. Young kids are exhausting, and I hate to tell this to the parents out there who have young children. Yes, you're physically exhausted, but wait till your kids hit their teen years. Physically, you'll sleep through the night, but you'll be mentally exhausted. It just shifts gears. So rest up best you can. And it goes back to even the, uh, the fact that we can come to church and we can worship, and we can, uh, we can be a part of what's going on, and we can come in here and sing and still lose sight of who God is right. because we don't have an intimate relationship with him. We don't spend time with him. So we're going to continue to correlate the parallels between dating your spouse and, and spending special time and creative time and quality time with the Father in Jesus. You know, even like, as Jim was saying, you, know, you, you might be a couple that, you know, or you see somebody who every time the doors open at church, they're there, okay? And the assumption is, is that they're just sold out for God, that they are just such a Jesus lover. But the truth is we can get so lost in the works of our life, in works, you know, going to work, making money, raising your kids, doing all the things. And the same thing with our Christian walk. We get so caught up in the works of it that when the storms come, like it says in Matthew, you'll find out real quickly how firm that foundation is, you know. And so that's, it becomes really, really imperative to know your why. And we do that with our kids a lot. It's like they want to do this, this, this. Like, well, what's your why? Why do you want to do this? Because if you don't have a foundation of why you're doing what you're doing, or you don't have a foundation in a true identity, like I feel like I'm walking in this because God's telling me to, that as soon as something you have some kind of thing that brings some kind of defeat, or somebody speaks a negative word over you, you're going to be washed out. You're just going to, that's it. So you, so you need to decide that you're going to fan the flames of passion in your life in your relationship, okay? We need to intentionally work to cultivate that intimacy, that time together. So, an exercise that I encourage everyone to do uh, is I'll take the time to, go with you, to get along with your spouse and rehearse your story. I love it when she tells the story of how we met. And our first date. I think she likes it when I tell my version of it too. Mm-hmm. Rehearse that. Stir it up. Just like Jesus said, you know, go back to that passionate first love. And so what, what was so exciting about that, that, that event of, get, of meeting you and getting to know you? And what did I do? What were the things I did to court her? 
I decided when I first laid eyes on her, I wanted to marry her. I knew that from the moment I saw her. That when I first physically, we're in the same environment together. And I said, that's it. I told her, I, I, I didn't say that out loud. Not at the first date. No, he told me the next day. I told him, or actually literally told her, no, two days later. Oh, sorry. It was on Sunday. Forgive I told me. her because I creeped her out and I showed up in Virginia two days later. And, uh, but I, and, and I was, and so what were some of the other things that I did that very first weekend? You know, we talk about our stories. I, I opened my laptop. I ended my, my account on eHarmony. I ended my this, then I ended this. And I was like, yeah, this person I'm, I know on Facebook, but, you know, because we were kind of talking. We met on I, Christian Mingle. We met on Christian Mingle. Come on. So, and our first date was down at Myrtle Beach a, a week later. And, um, and so part of my passion for her, I started cutting off the other things, the other ties. The, well, if this doesn't work, I still got this girl over here to go talk to. Nope. I sat right there in front of her and said, look, I'm cutting all this off. This is all ending right now. You're my pursuit. It's, yeah. It was, it was us or nothing at that moment, just like it should be with Jesus, you know. And for those of you who are single, I can honestly tell you, without having to fabricate anything, that my salvation experience, when I got saved, some people were like, the, you know, Jesus just wrecked him at the altar. I did not have that salvation experience. I, I've pretty much my whole life been a pretty good girl, and so I knew that, and I actually just felt a tug at that time. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit just drawing me in, and I knew I should get saved. Like, I knew that this was right. I knew that this was good, and so I walked through those hoops as a Christian, and I was in a pretty religious church at the time, and um, a very loving church, though. And, but then later on, honestly, when I have my conversations with Jesus, or it's not usually, like, remember the day that I got saved? It's usually things that he revealed to me as our relationship became more and more intimate. It was like, I just remember getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and being a mess. Because I'm very logical. My degree is, I'm, I'm a paralegal. So everything is very mapped out. You know, so when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was like, I couldn't explain it. I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know where it was coming from, really. I mean, I knew it was Jesus, but it was, it felt strange to me. So I just encourage even the singles, you rehearse where God's brought you from. Everything that you've made, an, you've built an altar. This was an altar for me. This, this was an altar of truth for me. And then it requires the couple to take an honest look. Sometimes this is uncomfortable for people to take an honest look because, you know, what happens, let me ask, say this to the guys. When your wife says to you, we need to talk, what does that do to you? Like, does your whole body just clench? Well, part of my body clenches. <laughs> <laughs> well. Like, you know, that kind of honest conversation could make people, yeah, it could make people super uncomfortable. Um, and we're going to be talking, one of our topics that we're going to be talking about is um, communication. And it, it's really a fun topic because the longer Jim and I keep practicing it, the less 
scary it becomes. And it becomes, an, you have to have an honest conversation with your spouse, spouse and weigh in. There are times where he and I will be out in the car and we're just driving around and I'll say to him, how do you feel about us? Like, are we, are we good? Am I doing things for you and to you that you, that you are, am I building you up? Am I, is there something that you feel like you're missing that I can give you? Does that mean that I'm failing in my relationship with him? No, it means I'm willing, I'm not unmovable. I'm willing to pour out more because I'm, I'm fully invested here. Okay, I'm not going anywhere. So I might as well make this the most pleasurable experience for both of us. Okay? Right? That's right. Why are you laughing at me? Oh, I've got to put up with this guy for the rest of my life. No, you're, you're easy. No, I didn't mean it like that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> well, kind of that way, too. But. No, I'm not taking the bait on that. <laughs> so bringing back relationship to a place of passion and fun. Just as Jesus has commanded us to return to the passion of and acts of our first love, we need to continue to, to go back and, and revisit that in our, in our married life. If you can't remember just how excited you were and how hard you pursued your spouse, then you've lost something that you need to find. There are things that you need to leave in your past, okay? And there are things that you need to keep in front of you, and that's one of them, okay? Because you, you need two fixed points in order to understand where you're at on a map. My point of Jesus and my point of marriage and, and getting and getting the net in my life are two fixed points. I can tell you detail by detail, day by day, how that transpired. I can look back and see where he pursued me. I can see back where we met and I pursued her. And that makes a difference in the direction that we're going to go together, no matter what life, what challenges are, no matter if I screw up, no matter if we have a challenge, we know that we'll be able to make it through whatever we're facing because we've, we've chosen to cultivate, we've chosen to roll up our sleeves and actually work for passion to stay in our marriage. Yeah, because it doesn't say if the storms come, it says when they come, okay? They're going to come. I don't, I'm not claiming that over you. Jesus has already said they're going to come. We live in a world, a fallen world, okay? So when they come, whatever the storm may be, you know, you want to be able to not do this, you want to be able to come in and be like, yeah. okay, this just got real, okay? And this is where you're grounded. And that's how Jesus wants us to feel about him. Even when there's conflict here. Right. When there's conflict here, it doesn't mean that I want to run away. I want to, wait a minute, no, right here. It hurts, but I'm going to, this is where I, and that's I've not got to get easy. closer. I've that's got to not get closer. Easy. It's, it's a training thing that you do. It's no different than when you sin and your thing is like you just want. Some people feel very ashamed of sin and then shame comes in. And so then you stop, stop coming to church. Now, you know, you stop hanging out with other Christians because you're like, I'm in this place. It's ugly. No, no. When you're in that place, you're running the wrong direction. You got to run this way. You got to run to it. You got to be with people who are going to speak truth to you, who are going to speak life over you. Okay, and it's the same way in marriage. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now too, guys and girls, okay, but females mostly. If you are ever in a relationship, 
that you're not being pursued. This is not, I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about before marriage. You make sure you're getting pursued. Okay? Because if you cannot pursue each other before you're married, when your kids come and your bills come and the house is there and the jobs are there, he ain't going to pursue you then. He's going to get just as distracted. So you make sure that you make sure that you marry somebody who will chase you. And then make sure that we stay available to him. Don't close yourself off. See, dating hits on all the five love languages. Mm-hmm. You've heard us talk about that before. Because uh, it, it hits on quality time, uh, acts of service, you know, um, uh, gifts, uh, whether you're picking up flowers or, you know, you uh, just different things. Uh, like Sexy coupon, you know, for a later date. Or uh, when, I, when I did it, when we had the, uh, the night right? where we did the, uh, wait, I'm talking. I was still on the sexy coupon because Genevieve was laughing. <laughs> My friend of mine. But the, uh, when, we, when we had our, uh, our paint night, um, I went and got some extra, uh, uh, some extra supplies for her. Yes, so. I got a bunch of new stuff. <clears throat> Words of affirmation. <coughs> All this stuff correlates with Jesus. I mean, I hope, you, I hope you're seeing this physical touch. Jesus wants you to spend quality time with him. He bestows gifts upon you, good, good gifts, okay? He gives you words of affirmation. That's why the prophetic should be alive and well in the church, okay? Because you need a word of affirmation, and then we're all called to prophesy, all right? So, I mean, physical touch. I, I don't know if anybody else in here can testify, but I have physically felt touched by God. I have physically felt him on me and in me, okay? So all of this, this quality time, acts of service, he's always doing things for us, for our benefit. So all of this correlates with what we do here, you know? If you're confused and this feels broken, pretty much this is probably broken, Okay, and I don't really think it's a coincidence that your horizontal relationship and your vertical relationship makes a cross symbol. I think there's there's absolute Jesus in all His wisdom. That's how it's supposed to be across the board. So let's talk about some logistics now. Okay, Uh, it's something that should be planned. When you you need to plan your dates, you need to talk about them. You need to that way you can get excited. Text one another about your dates. If your family situation allows, and you can be spontaneous sometimes, and that's okay too. But if you've got a bunch of babies in the house, you better be planning. You know, you have to plan it because it's just being spontaneous and saying, "Hey, they'll, they're all asleep. Let's leave. We'll be back in two hours." That won't work. So, <laughs> so, so, so planning. Uh, is is uh, it could be monthly, weekly? It this, there's no religious format to this. Okay, keep in mind that we there's a goal in plan in in mind here. It's not like a set plan. Okay. So uh, the other thing too is is uh, keep it affordable. You know, uh, keep it fun but affordable. You know, have bedroom date nights and uh, write each other letters. Even if you take the time to say, hey, let's just get together tonight, we're going to write each other a letter. I have a um, poem that Jim wrote me. I keep it in my wallet. And one day I pull it out and I said, this is that poem that you wrote me. He's like, what poem? He didn't remember at all. But I did. 
It, you know what I mean? That's why sometimes you think what you're doing, just because it's a natural gift, your assumption is that it doesn't have value. But, but actually, it's just the opposite. You're, you're fearfully and wonderfully made to give whatever you have in that moment. And uh, so we do, he does that. And then sometimes we read a book to each other. Some guys like that. Jim likes that, but he has to be sitting up. Or, yeah. Yeah, if it's or he's just sloking. Like, he's sleep soaking. Yeah, no, that's not going to work for me if you're at the end of the day and you're like, okay, let's read. And you have yeah. a real soothing voice, and then he's like. Mm -hmm. So board games, uh, evening walks. Uh, let me tell you something. You'd be surprised what a Nerf fight in your bedroom can do for you. Our kids got us these. <laughs> And we do like them. We enjoy we, them quite we well. We actually have some serious, some serious fights. I won't shoot her now. I have mine in there because I knew he was bringing his, and I thought, if he shoots me. But then I was thinking, he's got his in his pocket. Mine's all the way over there. I'm going to be a little bit. Oh, you need to always be ready. You know, it should be by You know, so literally we have fun with that. Uh, one, one Christmas, we actually did that with the kids. We got all Nerf guns and uh, disc, the little Nerf disc shooters. And uh, that those little cheap toys was the big, the biggest part of Christmas was yep. shooting at each other with these Nerf guns. Um, for some people, like like my son and his wife, they love to cook together. Okay, mm -hmm. some couples they just love being in the kitchen making something together. And actually, you know, it's quite sensual to make something like that for your spouse. You know, to have that kind of an intimacy. And who knows where it'll lead? You just never know. And if you're struggling for ideas, there's actually Hannah's apps. <laughs> Okay, Hannah's dying over there. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So, uh, if you're having, if you're struggling with ideas, there's actually uh, they've called Datebox. Um, you can actually apply online, and uh, for twenty dollars a month, they'll send you a box, and that box will have your date night ideas in it and stuff like that. Sometimes um, it's a meal, or I, I forget. Rachel, what is it? It's like sometimes it's a meal, sometimes it's like a coffee thing. Yeah, there's all kinds of different ideas, and they kind of send you a little box, and they kind of equip you for the date, you know, like a star map. And See? <laughs> I mean, really, you don't that's have great. to leave your house to have a really good time and stay connected, you know? That's, that's I think that's good news for people. Yeah. But here's how we're going to get a little bit, it's, this is a little bit touchy, Okay. Here's where we're going to challenge you guys. For some generations, this won't be a challenge. For the younger generation, this is a very big challenge. But we're going to just say here, make it just the two of you. What do I mean by that? I mean, mute your phone. I mean, if you're actually going to make it about the two of you, don't post it on Instagram. That's I mean, right. I'm proud of you. Anybody who's posted on Instagram, I don't see it as being like, you know, but I'm just saying, how much of an offering would it really be to just not do that and just be completely engaged without any affirmation from anybody else? Like no likes, no follows, no blah, 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 whatever they're called, tweets, I don't know, all the stuff. What, what if you went your whole life without any affirmation other than just this. them? I don't know. Just a thought. Anyway, do with it what you want. <laughs> <laughs> so the outcome is to reignite passion, to reunite intimacy, 
to where you're connected again. And a lot of times it's, uh, it's false boundaries that have been created just over the course of life and doing parenting and everything that can come up. So this is just allows you to reconnect and go, oh, we are good. Right. You know, oh, I do. You, you do like me. Okay. So we still like each other. And, and you, just, you just come back to that point. Again, I said, you know, my relationship with Christ, my relationship with my wife, and it helps me, and as long as I'm working on those two things, I can, I, can, I can stay the course. I can figure out which way I'm going because I have two fixed points as a reference to where I'm going in life, how I map things out with God in my life. And I will say this, too, that anybody who has young kids, <clears throat> I know that the whole battle of having your children, I'm like, I've, I lived it, okay? And even when we first got married, we were coming home from our honeymoon. This was like two days before we were coming home from our honeymoon. I started crying, and Jim said, why are you crying? I said, I know what we're going home to, and it's all going to change. Really, Like, I knew that I was turning back into a pumpkin, okay? I just knew. I was on the beach I, in my 40s, you know, but in my mind, I was 20. I was just living my best life. And I knew I was going home, and she it was, was going to be hard. And I got to go to work, and she was going back to the Brady Bunch. Yeah, I mean, I was excited to have all the kids. Don't get me wrong. That wasn't it. But it was like the, the honest, honest look at what was in front of me emotionally, physically, Spiritual. all of it. Spiritually, all of it, okay? And so, you know, but I will tell you that it, as we've continued to maintain this, we had kids from two different, two different groups of kids blended into one home, each had their own different stories, some hurts and healing that had to happen, I would say, from both sides, okay? Because, hello, we were both divorced, but I cannot tell you the sense of security that I think it established in all of our kids because we were okay. They never had to wonder, are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? Which divorced kids wonder that. They're looking and paying attention for things where it's not okay because they've seen it before. They've had to navigate abandonment before, and they don't want that. And the thing is is that as long as we're continually working and nurturing this, that lays a foundation of, of peace in our home. So when you think, well, that's just, that's just superficial and it's ridiculous to have fun together and, and to goof off together, it actually establishes peace and, and strengthen your home, yeah. for your, especially if you have kids in the house with you. Yep. So we're going to close out here, but we just really wanted to honestly challenge every couple in here. Young married, new married, seasonally married, like you guys have been in it for a long time, okay? Don't settle for the mundane. Don't just say this is all that's, and I understand it takes two people. You're right. It does take two people. And, you know, if you guys are going through a tough time, come to us. We'll pray for you, okay? It's not like we don't go through tough times. It's not like we're ever sitting on the end of the bed and we're both, like, in opposite directions and we don't have to kind of, like, build up our strength and rehearse again what we said when we said we were going to get married and what marriage is for and what we're doing and what our intentions are and what our purpose is together and then stand up and look at each other and say okay now i'm ready to talk to you <laughs> td jakes we were listening to td jakes and he was talking about you know 
uh, crushing and going through some things. And he said, even in my home, he says, you know that one rail on the edge of your bed? He says, I've learned how to fit my entire body on the edge of that bed <laughs> when there's been times when there's contention. And it's like, I'm going to, I'm all the way, and big as I am, my 330 pounds, I have learned how to sleep on the edge of that bed sometimes. But we, we fight to, to, to put to peace any, any challenges or, or, or um, uh, confrontations that may come up. Right. We work toward that because it's not where we, it, we cannot have that. We can't. Yeah, and it's, this is not about making anybody have a sense of conviction or go home and tell their spouse, see, I told you we should start dating. That's not what this is for. So just put your head movements away. <laughs> like, you know, when you're going to go and say something that you just know is full of the Holy Ghost. Just calm down and see what you can do. Don't, don't look at your spouse. What can I do to change the environment of my home? If we're not connecting and we're not talking, suggest it. Hey, how about tonight we, like, turn the TV off and let's just, for 15 minutes. Let's talk about our story. Let's talk about our story. Tell me again what your favorite things are to do. We, we'll sometimes get in a car and he'll say to me, like, tell me something about yourself that I don't know. Well, we're, we're talkers, so that's hard, you know, because we talk a lot. But I actually thought of something this past time. Do you remember what I thought? Do you remember what I told you? This is not a test. Don't worry. It wasn't. No, it's oh not God. a test. Did you say that, Tyler? Oh, who said that? That's funny. Oh, that's funny. No, I had told him, like, I thought I, I, thought I want to go to law school. Like, I full on thought I might want to go to law school. And then I... And then I just, I didn't for lots of different reasons, but, um, but he was like, really? I said, yeah, I had Seton Hall on the grid. So that was just, you know, little nonsensical things, but then he's thinking, wow, I never thought that. To my defense, we talk so much. We do. It's like one thing, she wants me to pull something yeah, out I of know. That's, I know it was a loaded question. I shouldn't have even asked you. I shouldn't have put you on the spot, but it was no, no worries. That's fine. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much that you call us back to our passion for you. That you call us back and you say, wait a minute, I have this one thing against you. You're doing life well, but I miss you. I miss your passionate, your passionate love for me. So, Father, I just ask you right now that we would take inventory of our relationship with you and the relationship with our spouse. That, Father, I would dare say, Father, help me see have I, have I walked away? Do I demonstrate? Do I show? Do I act? Am I passionate in my relationship with you? Am I passionate in my relationship with my wife or my husband? Father, I just ask you right now that, that your Holy Spirit would just raise up in us a courage to look at that honestly and to pursue the rescue of that passion. So, Father, I choose... I choose to look at the day that you saved my life and the things that happened in my life thereafter and, and all the greatness and the boldness that I had for you. And Father, I just thank you for giving me the courage to apply that to my, my life with my wife, that I would have the courage to look and say, wow, I remember the day and how I felt and all the things I did to pursue her and the things that I, I walked away from to show that she was my, the, my single one attention. 
So, Father, I just ask for strong marriages, anointed marriages in this home, in, the, in, this, in this family, in the body. In Jesus' name, Father. Jesus, I just ask that you would touch the singles in this room, God, that they would be able to fully see you as you are, God. All of your perfection, all of your pursuit of them, God, the deep love that you have for them. And Father, I ask that they would sit and wait in expectance for that same pursuit, God. That they wouldn't forsake you in that relationship, God, but that they would just extend that relationship, Jesus. That you would be fully in right from the onset of that marriage, God. Right from the beginning of that relationship, Jesus. And that you would just continue to, to meet them where they are all their desire for intimacy, God, that you would be as intimate with them as they need it, God, and that you would show who you are and, and who they are to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name.